the thing is we know that God forgives us. But as human beings with our minds and our memories, the thought and the idea and the failure sticks with us. It, it, it comes back to, into our remembrance. And let me tell you, Satan does a great job of reminding you of your failures. He, 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 he'll tell you during prayer time. He'll tell you when you're signing up for something. He'll tell you you're not good enough. He whispers in you. And that's spiritual warfare. I mean, we talk about spiritual warfare being a lot of things. But he'll even break you, bring you all the way back to your childhood or your teen years or your dating and, and all this other stuff. And remind you what you did. And tell you of those things. And it hangs over our heads. And uh, you guys know in this passage, it's the story of David, but not the story of David and Goliath. And honestly, it's not even the story of David and Bathsheba. It's the story of David and David. It's the story of him dealing with himself. His, his worst enemy in this passage is his mind, his memory. And, and uh, just, just to touch on it, you guys know that David dropped his guard. He was apathetic. He allowed the sin of Bathsheba coming into his life of uh, the lusts that turn into fornication, and, and uh, it, was, it was a horrible thing. He ends up having her husband killed. Uh, he tried to cover it up. You can't cover up sin, and it leads to this, and there's the effect that follows after this, and that effect is called guilt, and, and guilt is one of those things that he was dealing with, and, and it's tearing him apart. Guys, guilt will tear you apart. It, it, will, it will follow you, it will haunt you, it will just make you miserable. And I, I want to start in the first part about and just explaining the effects of this guilt because David lays it out. And I'm just going to pull these points right out of here. And the main thing is just how to, how to kill that guilt, how to, how to wash it out of your life and get it out of your head. How do you do that? So we'll start with this, um, this inward battle that he had, the, the effects of guilt. Psalms 51 verse 1 to the chief music, uh, musician, the psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him, after he had gone to Bathsheba, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Now notice verse 3, and this is where I got the whole thought from this. He said, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Let's pray. Lord, we know that this is a passage that David is dealing directly with his God over this overwhelming guilt. And Lord, it's just that black cloud that seems to hover over our heads. Is that whisper in our ear, Lord, every time we try to move forward or even in our communion time with you as we're trying to just fellowship, Lord, we're reminded and it just seems like it holds us back and it pulls us down. And Lord, it discourages us from even feeling like we're worthy of doing anything in the name of the Lord. Lord, help us to understand how David got through this. We pray this in your name. Amen. David said this. He said, Lord, I, I, my transgressions, Lord, I pray I do all these things. And then he cries out the end and he said, Lord, this sin is ever before me. It's like, Lord, I, I can't get over this. You can imagine, he goes to bed, he wakes up, and it's just like it's there, and he can't get it out of his head, can't get it out of his thoughts. And, and I, I promise you, I'm not going to make you raise your hand or whatever, every one of us can have a personal illustration of this. Something that you've done, and you just say, man, I, I don't know, I can't forgive myself. And I, I've sat down with people and said, all right, let me show you. Like, you know God forgave you, and you know what's under the blood and you know this, and you say, I get that. But let me show you the scars that I have. 
Let me show you the kids that won't talk to me anymore as a result of that sin. Let, let me show you how I lost my, my testimony at work. Or let, let me tell you how my mom and dad want nothing to do with me as, or as a result of this. And say, Tony, it hurts. I can't get past that. I know God forgives me. God does. God is faithful to forgive. God is much better at forgiving than we are forgiving each other. Ought to be an example. But let me show you some things that David pointed out this. He said, it's ever before me. Number one, guilt makes us self-conscious. If you've ever done something before and you walk into a room or somebody busts you doing something, whatever, I mean, you're, you're just, you feel like it's that food on your face that you can't get off. David was explaining this and he said, Lord, I, I feel like no matter what I do, it's right in front of me. And I've had people that said that, that, that they've messed up in their lives. And I've shared different illustrations with this. And they say, Pastor Tony, I can't go back to church. I say, why is that? And they say, when I walk through the door, everybody's looking at me. Everybody, somehow everybody knows. I'm telling them, I said, listen, I talk to a lot of people. Nobody's ever said a word about that. But it does. It makes you self-conscious. You feel like it's out there because that's what it does. Satan loves to be an accuser of the brethren. He messes with your mind and say, you can't go back to that church. You can't walk into that room. You can't be part of that ministry. Number two, guilt makes us feel dirty. That's why he said in verse seven, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me. Shall be, I, I shall be whiter than snow. You, you, he, he just felt, Lord. He, that's why I kept using that word clean. Lord, get, get this off of me. I was... Um, if any of you ever mulch something before, like spent a day mulching, when I mulch, I like using the ultra black. I, I like how it looks, and we use a lot of that around the church. But I get down there, and I'm moving the mulch around because that's the best way to do it. Do it with your hands, get on your knees and all that and stuff. And you, you get in, and you like walk through the door of the house, getting ready to go take my shower and anything, and my wife is like, don't touch anything. And I'm not realizing, you know, you're just walking through there with it. And that, that's how David said, he said, Lord, I feel like I've just... Got it all over me. That's not a bad way to feel, especially when it's conviction coming in your life, because it is. Sin is dirty. That's why James said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Here's a thing that we definitely will relate to. Verse 8, make me to hear joy and gladness. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, or thy salvation. Uphold with me a free spirit. Man, guilt, it robs you of your joy. There is no way when you're dealing with a sin or, or it's heavy on your heart or you've done something wrong that you're just, you, you don't walk in a room, hey, everybody, man, it, you just drop your head. It, it robs your joy. You don't want to look people in the face. You, you, don't, you feel guilty even praying. Have you guys ever done that where you, man, usually it's like, Lord, you're so good and I love you and oh God, thank you for this. Instead, you're like, uh, God, I, uh, you know, just... It just pulls everything out of you. He said, restore it. Lord, I, I, can't, I can't stand this feeling. I can't stand what I've done. Notice verse 14, deliver me from blood guiltness. It's, it's guilt of his murders, what he was talking about. He said, Lord, I, I, I can't praise you. David was a man of praise. Read through the book of Psalms. I was always bragging and shouting and claiming and, and, and glorifying God. And he doesn't have that. Here's the fourth thing. It makes us embarrassed. Verse 9, hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. 
David didn't just say, forgive me, Lord. He said, Lord, just don't look at me. And, and we, we, we feel that way with our family and our friends and things. It's just that, that attitude of, Lord, just don't look at me. Lord, I, I, I'm embarrassed to even come before you. Have you ever prayed before and your, your prayer is, is, is not even what it should be because it starts off with, Lord, I'm sorry again. Lord, I've done it again. Lord, I, I have asked you to forgive me and here I am, the same thing over and over again. It doesn't just bring us embarrassment with God, but to each other. It's like, so how'd you lose your license? Or Lord, I, they're going to want to ask me how I lost my job or why isn't my wife sitting with me anymore and all this. And it's just that guilt that sits there and you're terrified. It's like you drop your head. And the, the fifth thing is it makes us feel spiritually empty. Verse 11, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And the thing is, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. But you'll feel that way. I mean, you'll feel so dead in your heart that you do, you feel useless. You feel alone. David was describing, saying, Lord, I feel hollow. It's, Lord, I'm not getting anything out of my Bible study. Lord, I'm not getting anything. And David wasn't saying the things, Lord, patch me up. David was saying, get this out of me. The words that he used in this passage was restore, renew, create, cleanse. That's where I got this thought. Lord, get it out of me. Lord, I don't even want it. I don't want to, I don't want to cover it up, Lord. I want it out of me is what I'm asking. So how do you overcome this? And I would just want to go through these thoughts before we roll into our communion. When he said, my sin is ever before me, let me give you just some steps. And this applies to whatever sin that we have in our life. Whether you're dealing with that guilt or you're just dealing with shame or embarrassment or whatever. That personal sin of saying, Lord, I know you'll forgive me, but Lord, how do I get this out of my head? Number one, David was specific with God. If you, if you notice in that passage when it says, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, cleanse me from my sin... He said, for I acknowledge my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. At first, if you remember, David did the opposite. What David did is he covered up his sin. Now he's going from covering up his sin to exposing it. He just starts labeling it and getting it out of his life. It's an amazing thing what happens in your life when you begin to confess your sins. When you start going to brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, hey, listen, I can't stand this anymore. I was talking about you and I know you overheard me and I'm sorry for doing that. Or the other night you saw me out and I was doing something that I should have and I'm sorry for that. You get into an argument with your spouse and then all of a sudden you come back after that hour, two hours, two weeks, however you argue, and you're trying to make it right, and this is what you do. You say to your spouse, I'm sorry for that thing that I did. How many of you know that that does not work? Your wife will turn around and say, oh, what thing did you do? <laughs> well, you know that thing that I said. Well, what did you say? Because she, she wants you to lay it out and say, this is it. Guys, you realize that sometimes the guilt or conviction that stays in your life is because of the fact that God knows that you haven't addressed the issue. And the thing with my kids, I want them, when I get onto them and, and they're like that, I want them to know what it was. You say, why? I want to rub it in their face. No, I don't want them to do it again. God wants us to understand that you've got to name the sin. And sometimes our prayers are so vague. 
Lord, I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. And Lord, I'm the, and God's up there saying, what wrong did you do? Let me, God says, flip through our Bible and says, you know, you, you, you took my name the wrong way. Remember that time in the hallway? That was gossip. You know how you were talking to your wife the other day? That was disrespect. Why don't you call it for what it is? David was being ex- extremely, uh, when he was talking about my blood guiltness, he was going into that, the guilt of my murder. Lord, I, I did this very thing. He went from covering it to exposing it. He said in verse 3, I acknowledge my transgressions. If, if we were to put it like this, what David was doing is, is in order, what confessing it is, it's getting it off your heart. You realize that that's where the guilt is. The guilt is in your mind and your heart. And the Bible is saying what David began to do is he began to pull it out of him and like lay it at the cross. We often talk about nail that sin to the cross. That's what David is doing. And I know the cross wasn't in this passage or in the Old Testament, but the application of that applies to us. David was in a sense going through going, Lord, I allowed apathy to creep into my life. Lord, I'm sorry for allowing apathy to enter in my life. Lord, I wasn't a good leader. I should have been out to war, but I wasn't. I was at home. I'm sorry. Lord, I shouldn't have taken that second look at Bathsheba, but I did because my flesh was weak. And Lord, for the lust that I had, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry I abused my authority by sending my men to fetch a woman that I should never have touched. Lord, I'm sorry I lied to Uriah. Lying is a sin. Lord, I'm sorry I tried to cover my sin and I deceived you. I'm sorry for the murder that I committed through my men. And setting up something. I'm sorry that I broke up a home. Lord, I'm sorry. And all of a sudden, your spirit and everything, that bondage, sin is bondage. You realize, and let me just give you a little confession while we're at it. It's not a matter of when we labeling this as for you forgiving yourselves because you really can't forgive yourself. It's God forgiving you. And by God forgiving you, you're able to be released of that sin. The thing that we do is we hold on to it. But when we understand who we are in Christ, we get it under the blood. We have to get it off our chest and get it out of our minds and confess it to our God. The thing that I'm talking about is put it into your own language of what I'm talking about. Wherever it is and say, Lord, I, I got out of church. Lord, let me be more specific. Lord, I got out of church because I was rebellious and I didn't want to be there. And while we're at it, Lord, I was lazy too. I got out of my Bible, Lord, that's the truth. And Lord, I'll be honest, the reason why I've been unfaithful to my wife or unfaithful to my kids or unfaithful to ministry or whatever is because, Lord, I, I, I got away from you. And for that, I'm sorry. You see, it's not, Lord, I've done wrong and forgive me of all my many sins. And God says, that's not confessing your sins. He was naming it getting it off lord my transgressions and i know that not every one of them was named but you keep going through and he'll tell you through the book of psalms what he's done lord i've hurt so and so i've done this i've done that you know what we're doing by doing that do you know what happens in anything when you're confessing or whatever it's just like spring cleaning your house you know what you're doing you're getting the dust out you're getting the dirt out you're getting the grime off the grout you're getting you're getting it out You want to feel free. You want to feel fresh. You want to feel relieved. Get the junk out. That's what he was doing it. For us, we nail it to the cross. Be remembered. And that's why we're having communion. Remember that you're forgiven. 
Let me show you this. Not only was David in this passage, David was specific with God, and we've got to be specific with our sins. The next thing I want you to see, David was real with God. Psalm 51, verse 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. You get that? Lord, I know what you want. You want the truth. Desire the truth from the inward parts. Sometimes we're not willing to be honest with God. He just labeled it for what it was. Well, I have a problem with uh, looking at girls. God says, well, why don't you just call it what it is? It's called lust. God says, if you look upon a woman with lust in your eyes, your heart, you've committed adultery. In your heart already. Call it what it is. Well, I, I, I struggle with, um, you know, I, I, sometimes people just push my buttons. Why don't you call it what it is? It's called an anger problem. It's called sin. Why, why do we have to label everything something else? Call it what it is. If you want to nail it and get it out, call it what it is. Lord, I sinned. I did wrong. God says, I see it in your heart. I, I know what you've done. I know the wrong you've done. Being real. Sometimes we're so passive in our prayer life, it's sickening to God. Rather than telling him that the honesty, because he already knows. God says, I desire the, the, the honesty of the inward parts of you. God, desi- God remove this bitterness from my heart. Lord, I, I, I deal with gossip. Get the gossip on my heart. Lord, I, I, I deal with hatred. I, I am angry at so-and-so. Lord, help me to deal with that. He was real. Third thing we see of him removing this guilt and sin out of his own heart. David was surrendered to God. Psalm 51, verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than stone. You, you know what he was saying? And I could go on, let, let me keep reading. Verse 10, Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Restore unto me the joy of my uh, salvation. You see what he's saying over and over again? He was saying, Lord, you do whatever it takes to change me. Lord, I, I'm, I'm giving it to you. I mean, it's, we sing the song, I Surrender All, and all those different songs about that. It literally means if you want it out, you stand before God and say, you take whatever needs to go. Sometimes you're not going to like what God says when he starts going in and saying, I'm, I'm going to tell you why this is still bothering you. I'm going to tell you why that sin is still there because it, God, God kind of steps into your life and says, all right, all right, if we're going to do this and you want to be cleaned, you want to be recreated, if you want to be overhauled, if you want to be renewed, this is what's got to go. That friend that you keep hanging out with, you need to cut things off with them because they keep dragging you into trouble. If you want to say, Lord, I need this, you need to delete that app off your phone. That's what you need to do. It needs to go. Lord, create in me, clean in me. Lord, I, I, whatever it takes. And God's going to step in and say, some things have need, need to go in your, in your life. Some of your dating habits need to go. Some of your justification in your life, it needs to go. It needs to get out of your life. That's what he was doing. Lord, what, whatever you need to do, restore, get it in. The good stuff in. Lord, take the wrong stuff out. Sometimes it means making it right. And he said, man, I feel so guilty what I did. So, and I got to him and I said, did you ever go to so-and-so and make that right? Did you ever tell them what you did? Did you ever tell them what you said? No, I, 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 well then, guess what? If, if it's bothering you, and it's on your mind, and you feel like I can't get through this in this black cloud, go get it right. It, it's the same thing with restitution. You, 
You've hurt somebody, you robbed somebody or whatever, go make it right. It's what we do. You make it right. Don't sit there asking God, God, I don't know why I feel this way when God says that's because you've not done it right to begin with. Remove, Lord. Forgiving self is a result of God cleansing. God brings the peace. God reminds us that it's been forgiven. It's a work of God in your life. See, the thing that you, you can remind yourself over and over and over again, but a lot of this has to do with the fact that God's got to do a work in your life. Is it possible to overcome guilt? Is it possible to have that joy again? Yes, but not doing it your own way. Let's close with Psalms 32. Turn to Psalms 32. Read read once again a similar passage, but a little different. Now listen to this. Psalm 32, verse 3. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. David said, man, when I, when I didn't get it out, when I didn't cleanse it, when I didn't ask God for the surrender, when I didn't say, search me, oh God, whatever it is, he said, I'll tell you what, I was miserable on the inside. That, that my bones waxed old. Man, he was talking about, man, I was falling apart. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. That's, that's that guilt, that conviction, man. Lord, day and night, I, I felt it, man. Lord, I felt, I felt like you wouldn't give me any joy. It was just hanging there. My moisture is turned into to, to the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Now Joe, jump down to verse 11. Be glad in the Lord, rejoice ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. That is it. Let me put it like this. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You want to be set free of that bondage, of that guilt, of that cloud hanging over your head? God says, you need to let me step in. Quit hiding it. Quit trying to justify it. Whatever. Let's just get it right. And God takes that burden. God takes it. And God does those things.